hey, good Tuesday morning to you, and I hope you're having a wonderful day today, and looking forward to what God has in store for you. Just curious to know if you have your cup of hot beverage with you, and I'm curious to know how many of you are coffee drinkers, and how many of you are tea drinkers. As you know, I am not a coffee drinker, I'm a tea drinker, I prefer black tea, um, and uh in fact, it was, I was thinking about it last night, I was kind of struggling with a little bit of a headache and I realized I had drank three cups of tea. I think I had a little bit of an overdose on caffeine, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit high on the caffeine dose, but I was curious to know, cause I know a lot of you are coffee drinkers. I was curious to know which has more caffeine, a cup of coffee or a cup of, uh, my Earl Grey. I like Earl Grey and I also like constant comment, uh, tea, which one has more and, I was interested to, to find that, so if I steep my Earl Grey tea for three minutes, it has about 59 milligrams of caffeine in it, in an average cup. Um, but a cup of coffee, an average cup of coffee, has 95 milligrams of, co- of caffeine in it. So if you got your cup of coffee there with you this morning, you got a pretty good pick-me-up, and you should be ready to go. And by the way, uh, as a coffee drinker, you should know that if you are drinking a light roast coffee, you're actually getting a higher dose of caffeine. The longer you roast it, the darker the roast, uh, the more the caffeine is roasted out. So a lot of people think that backwards. They think, oh, give me the strong stuff. Give me a dark roast. It's actually backwards. But um, anyways, enough of all that. Just hopefully you're having a, got your little pick-me-up and having a good morning. And I wanted to jump into a psalm. Um, and maybe several psalms. We'll see how things go over the next several uh, sessions together. But looking at uh, a couple of the psalms of ascent, uh, psalms of ascent, A-S-C-E-N-T. There's 15 psalms that were kind of taken from the psalms, and they were used during the the traveling to the temple for the three great feasts. And Um, And so that's Psalm 120 through Psalm 134. Those are all you'll see in the inscription above them, the songs of ascent. And uh, they were those songs that were sung. And um, in fact, I just really enjoyed just yesterday morning, just reading through all of those together and just kind of seeing what was on the lips of those who are the worshipers preparing to come to Jerusalem, to come to the temple to worship and um, and one of them just stuck out to me that I wanted to kind of look at today, which is Psalm 121. And uh, some of the phrasing in there you're going to be very familiar with. And it's, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I was uh, thinking about this this past fall during the... Uh, hunting season, I was back in behind my house in the property I've got behind my house on public fish and game commission ground. And I had to stand up and I went out one morning real early and it was dark. And uh, I was uh, just waiting. The sun was starting just to creep up. And there was kind of like a haze, kind of like a, a fog that was uh, that across the valley there. And I was just looking across that and seeing the hills and the mountains around it. And um, and just thinking about just kind of the beauty of the scene of it all that God had created. And I was memorizing, working. I like to memorize psalms when I'm uh, up in the tree stand and things like that. And, and I was memorizing Psalm 121. 
I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes to the Lord who makes heaven, who made heaven and earth. And just thinking about that, uh, my help doesn't come from the hills. My help comes from the one who made the hills. And there's going to be a, an aspect to look up. And so uh, that was an admonition that the, the Jewish people had was to look up. Uh, keep your focus that God is in control of these things. And I thought, man, what a, what a fitting psalm. In fact, uh, if you've ever been to a, uh, in Israel or been to a Jewish home, uh, you'll note that on the side of the door is a little, um, a little probably about four or five inch long um, thing that has a scroll inside of it. It's called a mezuzah. It has a little scroll inside. It's on the, on the side of every uh, of the doorposts on every home and uh, or even a hotel room and those things in Israel. And it has a portion of Deuteronomy, Deuter- part of Deuteronomy 6 and part of Deuteronomy 11 in it. But so when whenever a, a, a Jewish person would leave or enter their home, they would touch that, uh, often kiss that or whatever, um, and then they recite actually a part of Psalm 121. They actually recite Psalm uh, or verse 5, uh, the Lord is your keeper, the Lord is your shade at your right hand, and then also verse 8, the Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. And just a reminder that God will keep you um, no matter what. And um, just thinking about that, um, you know, sometimes we, we tend to forget God's control of the situation. When, when, things are, um, when things are maybe out of our hands, we think, okay, now I'm going to turn to God. Uh, for instance, I, I remember hearing about a, a man who was praying one time with his wife before he was leaving to go on a business trip. And, and he prayed, Lord, protect my, my wife and my family while I'm gone. And he finished the prayer and his wife said, well, who do you think protects us when you're here? And the truth is, is we need to recognize that God is our protector, our keeper at all times. Uh, in fact, it's going to be a key word that's in this text. Uh, we see it actually six different times um, in verses three through eight. Sometimes you'll read it and it'll say, he who keeps, read it as keep. Um, you're going to see the Lord is my keeper. You see it in verse four, he who keeps Israel. And then down in verse 7, the Lord shall preserve. He shall preserve your soul. And then verse 8, the Lord shall preserve. It's the same word. It has the idea of protection. God being our protector. And so we're going to look up. We're going to look up to him and we're going to be reminded of his promises. Our help comes from the Lord, the one who made heaven and earth. And when he says something, when he goes to protect his people, it is, you can rest confidently in that. The Lord is in control. So I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Then he asks the question, from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And then I want you to notice, just kind of scan through there, verses 3 through 8, and, and just see how many promises do you read in verses 3 through 8. Uh, let's read the psalm together and just see if you can pick it out. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your is, is your shade at your right hand. 
The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. How many, how many promises do you see in there? Because the reality is your uh, ability to rest with confidence and hope is grounded upon how much you can trust God's promises. And really how much you trust God. So in a time like this, how much do we really trust him? Do we trust that he's going to do what he said he's going to do? Well, he says, I'm not going to allow your foot to be moved. I'm not going to allow you to slip. I'm not going to allow you to, to, to become desolate. If you're my child, I'll take care of you. Is the emphasis there. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. I, I, when I think of that, the, the picture that comes to my mind is that of um, kind of a, a family uh, that is maybe traveling uh, and in olden times. And they would travel by wagon and those things. And um, they would uh, have a fire, you know, at night. And, and then they would gather on the fire and they'd sleep. And you'd have someone that would, they would take shifts to keep the fire going and to keep watch. And it was always a dangerous thing if someone fell asleep during that watch time. And I think the emphasis here is that that God is not ever going to fall asleep on his job. Not going to fall asleep on the task where he's going to keep protection and watch eye over you. And uh, that, that's good for us to keep in mind. Um, uh, you know, the, the Westminster Catechism, Confession of Faith, gives us a, a, a beautiful description of God's providence of how he interacts in our lives that god is involved in every aspect of his creation it says god the great creator of all things doth uphold direct dispose and govern all creatures actions and things from the greatest even the least by the most wise and holy providence according to his infallible foreknowledge and the free and immutable counsel of his own will to the praise of the glory of his wisdom, power, justice, goodness, and mercy. What that's saying is, is he's, he's in control. He is not ever going to let you, uh, to not let you slip because he's not going to slumber. The Lord is providentially working all these things out. He who made heaven and earth, he who spoke them into existence, has everything under control. I just find that so encouraging to think about that as I look around me and I see the hills, one of the beautiful things of this Nittany Valley, uh, Happy Valley, is that you get to see the hills that kind of span on both sides. I remember going up in a in a little puddle jumper plane. Uh, it was a little, it was a single prop. I think it was a single prop plane going up over these hills and just seeing how the valleys are lined with these mountain ranges, and um, and used to see those and. You're reminded of uh, just God's control in that, that my the strength isn't in the hills. The strength is the one who made those. And you can see, actually, by the way, when you look at that, you can see it looks like if you've ever taken um, like a bunch of sand or dirt and then kind of shook it up with a bunch of water in a bottle 
and then let the water run out of it and how the it'll develop a kind of ridges and you can see how the, the high parts it runs off. You can tell that there is a result of a flood that took place here. That's a side issue, but it does remind us that God is in control of all that. But he says, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your keeper, your protector. He is your shade at your right hand. Uh, he, he is going to um, just guard you and protect you uh, from from all things there. Uh, he's your shade at your right hand. So in the, in the difficult sun times, um, he's going to be your shade. Uh, he's going to be with you um, in, in the nighttime, in the moon times, by night, uh, he's going to be with you. And uh, the Lord shall preserve, same word there, keep, uh, preserve you from all evil. They didn't say some evil. He'll preserve you from all evil. Now, think about that with what we are going to classify then as evil. Are we going to classify the situations in our lives as evil if we're going through a virus situation? I don't think it's evil of God to allow that uh, in our lives. And he is going to protect you from all evil. So he's going to protect you from Satan's attacks. So is this thing from Satan? Well, no. Um, and God is sovereignly in control of this. It's a result of of man's fallenness uh, that we have diseases and sickness uh, because of sin but god's going to protect you from all evil you know what that tells me is satan will not have the last word satan doesn't win the day we rest in the promises of god being in control and uh and, and so keep that in mind today as you look up um, and then Notice the last verse. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. As you go out today, now think about that. As the, as the Jewish person would go out and they would touch that mezuzah, being reminded um, of you know the Lord our God is one, uh, Deuteronomy 6 there, and then they would quote to themselves this verse 8 that, that the Lord, the Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Now think about this. As you go out today and you walk out of your home and you walk through the front, out the front door, you, you likely don't have a mezuzah there. I don't expect, I don't know that I've seen anybody that I've visited um, in, in our church that has a mezuzah on their front door. But, but you, so you likely don't have that. Um, but I want you to think of, that, of this psalm today. Don't you think that the Lord will preserve your going out and your coming in? He's going he's gonna to take you out today. You're going to do your work. You're going to do the things that you need to do today. And he's going to keep you and protect you. Um, and today uh, and, and even forevermore. And so don't, don't have, you don't have to walk out in fear. We walk out in confidence based upon the promises of God and who he is and what he's got. Uh, he has control of and so go out today with that perspective in mind that that we will uh, take comfort in who he is uh, and take comfort in his control so the maker of heaven and earth watches over every aspect of your life he protects you from all harm and um, that 
that ought to give you confidence today as you go out. Um, and it's a good song, by the way, to memorize. I, I found this really a great encouragement. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. And um, just, to, just to think about as I looked around, and I, even throughout all of the hunting, I was at different places. I was out in Spring Mills on those hills. I was behind my house on, on hills here. And just to see all the different beauty of the creation and to know that my strength, my help, is the one who made that, uh, the one who who uh, crafted the beauty of the creation that I saw all around me. And um, so as you drive out, if you walk out your house today, think of that as you touch the doorpost, as you drive out and you look around and you see those hills, remember, the Lord is your keeper. So look up. Let's be looking up today. Hey, let's pray together, and then we will... Uh, we'll get into our day. Father, thank you so much for being our keeper. Thank you for being the one who, uh, that you are the one who made the hills and our, our hope is not in the hills, but it's in you who made them. But God, I just pray that you'd give us confidence in that, that you're going you're gonna to guide, you're going to preserve our going out and our coming in. You're going to lead us today. Help us to find just great hope and comfort in that as we trust you in everything we do. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, hey, enjoy your day and uh, finish that cup of coffee and then jump with the day. We'll talk to you later.